on this Friday, Grove Bowl Eve, April 22nd edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We talk about Jaden Rashada taking an official visit to Ole Miss and other high-profile recruits that are going. And also, we talk with Tom Vanderford, who gives his perspective on all things Ole Miss sports. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do us a favor and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications of new videos, which happen quite frequently. And, of course, upvote the video itself. Remember, if that subscriber base gets to 1,000 before football season, which we will. We might get to 1,000 before June, the way it's going. But if we get to 1,000 before football season, we will have a live post-game show, interactive with chat, that you can participate in. um, That we are going to get different people to participate, and we're just... We're going to talk all about it. i got a high school coach that's joining the whole nine yards. It should be a lot of fun, but that'll be the post-game live portion of the show. It should be a lot of fun. Post-game live is what we're going to call it. So, the big news of the day is Jaden Rashada um, having an official visit to Ole Miss during the Grove Bowl. Now, this is around the time of year that players want to commit, especially quarterbacks, um, to teams that they're going to play for in the fall. And they want to spend the rest of the time actually recruiting for what's going on. Now, this is important for several reasons. Now, Jane Rashad is a heck of a quarterback, and Marcel Reed is going to be there as well. If you wanted me to um, bet that even if Arch Manning doesn't happen, if everything goes away, um, either Jaden Rashad or Marcel Reed, one of those two will be the quarterback for Ole Miss um, in this class. Now, that's important for a couple of reasons because both of them are top-shelf guys. Um, Jaden Rashada is a borderline five-star quarterback. Uh, Marcel Reed is a solid four-star that is right outside the 250, somewhere in there, I believe. And both of them are electric players and would perform very well in this system. And people need to understand what's going on there. And the other important part is uh, also on this trip will be Aiden Williams, who some people are saying is the best wide receiver to come out of Mississippi since A.J. Brown. Um, Dante Dowdle, um, the running back out of Picayune, who has visited Ole Miss two or three times that Ole Miss is a favorite to land. He's going to take a couple more visits, and he's supposed to sign sometime in, or commit sometime in May. You have a chance to do a solid bit of recruiting in your class coming up, but it starts right here. And you can tell by the quarterbacks that Ole Miss is not playing around. Now, One of the things that I want to consider a big deal with Ole Miss is they're not putting all their eggs in the Arch Manning basket, even though the temptation is there. And several people are wanting Ole Miss to do that. And if Jaden Rashada were to commit Sunday, Arch Manning wouldn't even be recruited anymore. They they would pretty much shut that down immediately because you would have your guy. You have a high-quality guy. Now, 
Now, it's my guess that if Marcel recommitted Sunday, Ole Miss would still try to get Jalen Rashada and Arch Manning later on. That I mean, that's just the way that works. But you get a five-star guy or a five-star guy, you know, whichever one works, you do that. It's like Tennessee with Nico Imaleva. Getting him, they're done. They're out of the quarterback game. They're ready to go. And with Nico, Nico has a pretty high ceiling as well. Tennessee's doing some great things up on Rocky Top. But those four players have a chance to be the nucleus of this signing class, which is not going to be very large. It's going to be 10 or 11 players max. Ole Miss is going to try to go out and cherry-pick high schoolers that they can get, and then they're going to try and work the transfer portal again. That's just what they're going to do. That's how they see them building this. Now, this is what you need to know. We'll talk about it. Actually, we'll talk about it after the break. But we'll talk about the different ways you can build your roster um, in the modern era of college football. And if you understand that, you can understand why Ole Miss is doing this. And Ole Miss is trying to be at the forefront of doing this. And it, it should be a lot of fun. But anyway, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. This year, I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. And almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein uh, infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. So here's your offer. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, all one word, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off at built.com. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. The NFL draft is here and fans are dying to know who their team will take. Locked On and Audacity present the ultimate NFL mock draft of 2022. It's the biggest mock draft on the planet featuring 70 Locked On local experts and Audacity NFL insiders, including Michael Irvin and Jason Lockenvora. Over six episodes, the Ultimate NFL Mock Draft is available now on Locked On NFL Podcast on Audacity or and wherever you get your podcast. So that is pretty cool, and that's going on right now. We also are have draft coverage that's going to take over as well. I'm going to participate in day two, so tune in for that when I assume I'm going to talk all about Matt Corral. Um, that's what it is. Maybe some Sam Williams stuff will be in there as well. Now, The first segment, we talked about the major visitors coming to Ole Miss. The second segment, we are talking about how teams are constructed. Why is Ole Miss doing this? Why are they attacking recruiting this way? And the answer is because they have to. They really have to. Ole Miss cannot compete in the NIL marketplace. The fan base is too small and honestly too poor. Um, they cannot afford the prices that are going to come up to recruit a Texas A&M level, 27 players, um, all the way through where you can potentially spend $30 million a year. 
Ole Miss is too poor to do that. It it just is. Um, I know people are going to say they're rich. They're, Ole Miss has some rich guys. Ole Miss has some poor guys. But they don't have as many rich guys as Texas and Texas A&M or Georgia or even someplace like Tennessee. So the recruiting model of the NIL work, Ole Miss can't make waves in the NIL market. They can make it in smaller chunks because if you can raise $14 million, say, all of a sudden you might be able to sign 11, 10 players and put that in and, and, and build that class that way and you have some high schoolers, but you're not going to be able to get 25. Now, I mean, that's unfortunately just the way it is. Now, the other one is the traditional recruiters, which Ole Miss is not. The Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Oklahomas of the world. They recruit based off of tradition and name recognition and the fact that going there means you can get to the league and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because good players go there, good players go to the league, and it just happens over and over and over again. It's not necessarily their coaches being very special, but it's good evaluation and getting them to their final destination. The third option is the transfer portal, and Ole Miss is using that in conjunction with high school recruiting. But high school recruiting is a very, very small amount. But the transfer portal is a place where Ole Miss can make waves. Lane Kiffin has experience. He has an NFL-style player personnel department. The NIL is not going to be as high because it's generally a one- or two-year um, type deal. Sometimes it's a three-year deal, but it's, it's going to be smaller they're not going to demand the NIL bucks that the bigger ones are. And these might be four-star players that come out of high school. All of a sudden, they're um, players that might fit what you do. So building a roster like that with a little bit of high school help is why Lane Kiffin has been an early adopter of this system because the other two would be difficult for, for Ole Miss to commit. They... They know that a 2014 or 2013 style class with the Robert Kim Dietschy and Laquan Treadwell and Laramie Tunsil, Tunsil is difficult in the age of NIL. Nico Imaleva got $8 million. $8 million. That's a market setter, setter, folks. So to get a high school quarterback, you're probably going to have to tread in those waters somewhat. You might not have to do $2 million a year, but you might have to do 500000 a year and do all that and not publicize it and other perks that might be interested in that. You might have a real tree camouflage, blue delta jeans, whatever it is, you can use those guys to com- kind of compete, but it's on a much smaller scale than somebody like Texas or Texas A&M or even the traditional recruiters like Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State can do. You're recruiting with those guys, and that's where you want to be But to get there and construct your roster, Ole Miss is having to do it a little bit different way. And if Ole Miss is highly successful doing this, other programs of Ole Miss's stature is going to copy. And that is going to make the, the tier below Ole Miss and those teams even better because those high school recruits are going to fall to that level. It's going to make FCS better because it's going to fall to their level. A higher grade of players is going to fall to FCS than before because of the transfer portal. There's certain group of five teams that hardly recruit. They're just transfer portal type schools. I don't think that's going to be the, the thing. I think the transfer portal schools are going to be in the wheelhouse of the Ole Miss level schools, the Mississippi State level schools, 
Um, if you look at other conferences, it would be the um, TCU-level schools, the Texas Tech-level schools, the Cal Barrett-level schools. Um, in the Big Ten, it would be somebody like Minnesota would take advantage of the transfer portal. That is the direction I think we are going. And this is why Lane Kiffin, being an early adopter of it, almost has a chance to have a ton, a ton of success if this works. If it doesn't, Ole Miss is probably going to finish where they normally would. Anyway, because this team and their talent base has been improved so much over the last couple of years, um, it's just astounding. I think 32 to 34 four-stars are higher um, coming out of high school on Ole Miss's roster. I think last year they were 17 to 19, somewhere in there. So they've almost doubled the four- and five-star talent on this roster and that is why people get excited whenever Texas A&M's on the schedule in Alabama because they see what is coming and what is being built at Ole Miss. And um, honestly, they're pretty excited about it because at Texas A&M, you've got the NIL monster. At Alabama, you've got the traditional recruiter. And at Ole Miss, you've got the transfer portal. Three different ways to construct a roster, all competing within the same division, the best division inside of college football. I mean, it's just pretty amazing, and um, I just want to see um, how this turns out. If Ole Miss can compete with $30 million a year, um, if you can do it, it's almost doing it with smoke and mirrors, but it's a way to figure out a way to compete at a different way than traditionalists will because Alabama is not going to throw away the five stars in the recruiting that they currently have. They're not. They might cherry-pick two or three players in the transfer portal, but they're not going to go all-in. A&M, they're not going to go back to traditional recruiting. They're going to use an NIL because they have all the money in the world. Look at the oil prices. Look how much you're paying at the pump. Texas A&M benefits from that. And because of that, they're going to recruit that way. Ole Miss is going to have to recruit a different way. It's like I tell you all the time. Whenever you're trying to be somebody, don't copy them. They already exist. Find your own niche. Find your own way. And that's exactly what Ole Miss is doing right now. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. I think Jackson Dart is a plus 1,800 on Bet Online to win the Heisman Trophy, and Ole Miss is plus 5,000 to win the college football playoff. So it will be pretty cool to see that. I, I'm pretty excited to see what goes on, and I'm really excited for the Grow Bowl tomorrow. And look for us on the um, post-game pod. We're going to talk a little bit about that quick hitters, and we'll get into the Mondays and um, talk about that pretty much during the all week and then do, like, exit interviews of each individual position group by day. And then we'll get back into what needs to happen. And once we get into the doldrums of summer, expect a top five list, like a Mount Rushmore of Ole Miss football that we're going to talk about on each show, it's like top five quarterbacks, top five running backs, stuff like that. Um, we're going to have a little bit of fun whenever everybody's suffering for news. We're going to do list shows and have a lot of fun because, honestly, we can't. 
So um, after this break, when we come back, we will talk with um, Tom Vanderford about all of his perspective about Ole Miss sports. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. You leave us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want. You can say Steve is an idiot. Steve's a dummy. Dummy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know baseball. You can say any of that stuff. Just give us a five-star review, please. That'll help others find the show as well. You might not like it, but they might. Um, I'm here this Friday with Tom Vanderford to get his perspective on Ole Miss sports. And we got a, we got a little bit going on, Tom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty impressed. Um, once again, we're going to start the, um, this perspective with the 800-pound gorilla uh, in the room, the 400-pound elephant, whatever you want to put, call it. We're going to start off with it. And that was with the Ole Miss baseball team. They're 5-10 and 10 in the SEC currently. They almost got ran run ruled by Southeast Missouri. They've completely confidence fallen off a table, and you were talking to me off air about Richard Cross was um, given his explanation for what might be happening. Yeah, he uh, uh, and I now I got this second hand from somebody at work. I didn't get to to see it for sure or listen to it, but but the second hand uh, information that I got from one of my uh, co-workers was that Cross uh, wouldn't mention the ex-player, but said he had been talking to an ex-player. And they said, what's missing right now on the baseball team is the alpha dog, the alpha guy, the guy that that rallies all the troops together and, you know, the, the leader. And uh, he said they really don't have a personality like that and somebody's going to have to step up, you know. Like you mentioned, they're all just a lot of good guys and mm-hmm. They try real hard, but they need somebody just to just to rally the troops, so to speak, and turn this thing around. And, uh, you know, it was mentioned, well, who was the alpha last year? And, of course, it was Doug, Doug McCasey. You know, we had you know, Doug Day, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he just – he was a fired-up guy. And uh, that's what's missing right now. Now, hopefully this weekend – uh, this weekend series anyway, I really, it, this is the crossroads for us on the whole season. You know, we, we're, uh, we're playing state, uh, at home and, uh, I, we're, we're last in the SEC West. They're next to last. Uh, and that's a place where both of us normally aren't, but w- this is this is where the rubber meets the road this weekend. Uh, we've got to win this series. Yeah, I don't. I think anything below after the, these this four game set is done. Anything below eight and eleven is an unmitigated disaster for this team. I agree. I agree. And you know, we were number one in the country a couple of weeks ago, and now we're outside of the top twenty five. And a, a lot of people are are saying we're not even going to make the make a, a regional. So. Yeah. You know, they, they've got to turn it around, man. And, and you know, the, the coaching staff can do so much, you know. It's like Jimmy Johnson used to say, and it just doesn't – it just doesn't equate to football. It's just not the X's and O's. you got to have the Jimmys and the Joes, too. And we've got a lot of talent on this baseball team. They've just got to – you know, I'd like to see them uh, play some small ball. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like every time I – 
you know, everybody's swinging for the stinking fence. You know, play a little bit, play some small ball. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. This weekend, I think, will tell the tale on the direction the rest of the season goes. Yeah, it's my opinion, and this is just my opinion. This is not any type of expert opinion going out there. But if you had five Justin benches, you would be better off than having five Tim Elkos. I agree. Mm. Yeah, and we would lead the country in being hit by pitch. Too. Yeah, seriously. So that's, a, that's a plus, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, you need the small ball guys. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I think we'll be able to tell more next week. We'll be able to discuss it better. And, and I hope we win the series this weekend. I really do. I think we need it. Yeah, and also analytics have killed baseball. It's honestly, it seeped in the major league level, and the co- for the longest time, the college level was not going down that road, and there were more things that people were doing at the college level. But now, as it changes at the college level, you look at Ole Miss. If we don't hit a home run, we don't score. And if we don't score, we don't win. And I think that that addiction to the home run that we currently have and people trying to do that is the reason we're five and 10 right now. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. You know, cause even in some of these losses that we've had, we've had some good pitching. Mm-hmm. We have, we've had stints of good pitching, but we just haven't had the production. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's, let's, let's talk about something a little happier. Let's talk about the yeah. Grove Bowl. I mean, we all want to talk oh, yeah. about the Grove Bowl. But um, Jane Rashada, um, like we talked about earlier in the show, is taking an official visit this weekend. Marcel Reed will be on campus. Dante Dowdle will be on campus. Aiden Williams will be on campus. This is a big weekend for Ole Miss recruiting. Yeah. And, you know, it's absolutely hilarious. If two years you would have told me that Arch Manning would not be here for the spring game. That could, seems like it might be a lost cause and won't really matter. I wouldn't have believed you. I, I, I you know, I, I've got a different take on that. I, mm-hmm. Arch has been to Ole Miss a gazillion times, mm-hmm. you know, in his whole life, and he may be, he may be, he may really be down to Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, I nobody know. knows. Yeah, and and you know, I wish him the best, no matter what he does, but. What I love about this coaching staff, and let me reiterate, I really want Arts to come to Ole Miss. Yeah. But what I love about this coaching staff, and maybe more so than others, is the plan B is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Rashada is the bomb. Mm-hmm. He is. And uh, he, he would have time to possibly redshirt, you know, put on a little bit of put on a little bit of SEC weight, a little bit of, you know, muscle. But he's the real deal. He is one of the top five quarterbacks in the country. So if you miss out on number one and you get number five in in Lane Kiffin's system, you're good to go. Yeah, one thing and that, that's what I – Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying that's what I love about Coach Kiffin. His plan Bs and his plan Cs are wonderful. I mean – and, and the good thing about it, people need to understand, people have seen quarterbacks thrive in his system, whether it be at Alabama, even even FAU, mm-hmm. and, and at Ole Miss. So when a quarterback wants to thrive in an offensive system, 
Coach Kiffin's offense is right up there. Mm-hmm. So it gives us a shot. And he's yep. recruiting nationally. I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Get that brand out there, you know? Um, so it, like I said, it would kind of, kind of break my heart just because I've been a rebel my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, but he's got to do what's best for him. And in the meantime, Kiffin can't put all of his eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. You know, Arch could change his mind at the last minute and say, I won't go to Ole Miss. But Kiffin yeah. can't wait that long. He's got he's got a program he's responsible for. And I love the fact that he's he's hitting all of these top quarterbacks. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned the exact thing, not putting all his eggs in one basket, because the moment that Arch Manning said this could go into the fall, I immediately yeah. got scared that all the eggs were going to go in one basket and at the end of the day, we were going to end up in a, with a three-star from Louisville as our quarterback or something like that. Exactly. And, and we and, can't do that. And that's what would have happened a few years back. Yes. But with Jalen Rashada, he's obvious. There's a full-court press. And if Jalen Rashada Sunday decides to commit, they might not recruit Arch Manning as hard. If they get their guy with Jalen Rashada, Arch Manning could miss the boat. So he might go to Ole Miss because – Ole Miss just picked somebody sooner, and they weren't willing to wait until the fall. And, and, and that blows my mind to think, like I said, two years ago, if you thought that scenario could happen. But it's absolutely possible. Um, I think um, Oregon has a five-star quarterback on campus. I think Oregon's the um, competition for Jalen Rashada. Right. And, and we'll see what happens with that. But Marcel Reed is an excellent quarterback as well. We talked about he him with sure John, John Garcia. He's the plan C. Yeah. And if yeah, and he's our, top 10 in the country. He's top and, 10 in the country and he's plan C. Yeah, and if, if Ole Miss put all their eggs in his basket right now, yeah. if they put a full court press on him, they would absolutely get him. And yeah. people need to understand what's going on there. It's just really cool to see the way this staff operates. And – I, I, I impress, impressed is not the right word for what they do. They do a fantastic job. It's that pro mindset. We've talked about mm-hmm. it over and over again. The organizational structure is a pro organizational structure. Yeah. You know, and, you've got GMs and you've mm-hmm. got all this stuff. And just like you said, all these analysts are really the X and O guys. Mm-hmm. And then you've got recruiters going out. The super energetic guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's and, wonderful. And, 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 and if people want to know, like 90% of this program is Pete Carroll. It's just like oh, USC, yeah. USC from yeah. the early 2000s. 90% of this program. Yeah. The reason I know so much about what's going on is because I sat through it with Ed Orgeron at Ole Miss. I recognize it. Yeah. Tried, yeah. Tried, tried, tried to, to run it the same way. Yeah, instead of yeah. Um, pro mindset, it was pre- protect the team, but it was the same rule. Um, exactly. But the other 10% is Nick Saban, and this is where Lane Kiffin, I think, has grown. And Alabama is not great because of Nick Saban. Alabama is great because they were one of the first to put in an NFL-style player personnel departments and completely right. staff them up and started yep. to recruit and evaluate correctly. And they built up to where they could get any five-star they wanted and not just any five-star they wanted. They actually wanted them because they were evaluated. And they had a 10-year head start 
on the other programs. Now, Georgia's starting to do this as well, and you're starting to see all these other countries, like te- our com- countries, colleges like Texas and everybody else, yeah. implement the same thing. So it's starting to catch on. Ole Miss has been doing that for a couple of years, so their evaluation is really good. That's one of the reasons they do so well in the transfer portal, because they have a player personnel department and not a scouting department to where you're looking at sophomores you could be absolutely looking. It's like, hey, this defensive lineman at Georgia Tech can help us out. And that defensive lineman at Georgia Tech has no connections to Ole Miss, but you're able to do that quickly because you got your guys know what they're doing. That's the 10% that Nick Saban has brought to this program. But and 90% of it is that we've never up. had. Mm-hmm. That's something we've never had. Yeah, and you know? it's very impressive. Yes, it is. It is. It's a – it's a it's a class A organization, and we are very fortunate yeah. to yeah. have that structure. And and lesser people people that don't know really what they're talking about. And you'll hear this from time to time. Lane Kiffin doesn't like to recruit. Lane Kiffin does this well, and they try to put him in a little box somewhere. Where, but the truth is, they just don't understand what he's doing and what the final goal is. If somebody's final goal is to sign eleven players and you sign 11 players, if people are saying your goal should be to sign 25, it looks like you failed. And because they don't understand what's happening, and they're probably going to catch up with the transfer portal after this year, but this last year was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing the way they covered Lane Kiffin, and they tried to like bag on his recruiting and everything's going on, and this was the plan all along. And now we have 34 players that were four stars in high school. This is not a roster transformation that could have happened before. Lane Kiffin has done a heck of a job. Oh, yeah. He has. He, mm-hmm. he has. And the talent is amazing. Mm-hmm. I was happy to see uh, – I was reading some articles, and I was happy to see that one of the big concerns – uh, of course, was linebacker. But after what's been happening in practice, I actually read an article where they said that wasn't that big of a concern anymore. Yeah. So that's good to see because I, you know, we've talked about it before, but I, I just think that we've got between the transfer guys and some guys that are there, depending on how Austin Keys, you know, rehabs, he's been mm-hmm. injured. And uh, the, uh, the the problem with, with Brown, I think he's nursing an injury. Um, I think we're going to be all right there. I really do. I really do. And, uh, you know, the one thing that lets those linebackers eat is that defensive line. And we've got – I know we've only got three now, but we got some monsters. Yeah. And, you know. There's potentially three deep. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, four years ago – we couldn't get one deep hardly, mm-hmm. you know, the poor guys, they just, you know, they were young and inexperienced. So now I've mentioned this before, but just the, just the uh, parallel growth of the folks that have been in the system for many years, you know, the G- red shirt juniors, red shirt seniors, and then all these transfer folks, it's really made for some good depth. Yeah. And it's also been a reinvigoration of spring football. There's several people that will talk about how spring football doesn't matter and that coaches would rather not have it. The only reason they do it is because others do it. Because of the transfer portal and all these new players coming in, you need those 15 practice. You have to have it. Or else, if you're doing it in the fall, 
the season's already done. It's like a JUCO situation to where right. it takes game five or game six for them to get going. This gives you a chance to do an install. When they come back in August, it turns into a f- refresher. And that exactly. becomes an absolute weapon. And the only way this transfer portal will really work. Now, I understand that maybe Deion Smith, maybe, um, what's his name? Cam Jordan, um, the guy yeah. Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Um, Jonathan Cruz, the um, Cruz Missiles, the kicker. Yeah. There's going to be some guys that come in after spring. That's always right. going to be the case. You need to see what yep. you need to fill, and you need to go get them. But the majority of the ones you're counting on with Jackson Dart, Jackson Dart coming in the fall could not transition to college football and oh. the SEC football. He needed the spring. Zach Evans needed the spring. And these are yep. high, high-level players. And I'm telling you, the spring is utmost important. And this Grove Bowl Saturday is going to tell us a bunch about it. A lot of people are going to look at it as 11 on 11 and look at the score and people making judgments on that. No, that doesn't matter. What you need to do is pick out individual players. Pick out Zach Evans and see how he breaks out of the backfield. Look at his hands. Look at his route running. Simple stuff like that that you can see. Don't look at what Zach Evans does against the third string defense. That's not going to tell you anything. But if you look at him directly, you have a chance to do it. And you can spread that all over the field. The defensive line is always ahead of the offensive line in spring practice. Don't panic about them. But there's so much stuff that you can glean from this Grove Bowl that can carry you into the fall. I completely agree. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I've heard it uh, or actually read it straight from one of the players. He said Judkins is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I've been very high on that kid ever yep. since he signed. Um, I, I mean, he actually follows me on Twitter now because I was so high talking oh, that's about cool. him so much. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. But what what are you looking for in the spring game? What's the what's the most important things that you want to see in the spring game? First thing, any Ole Miss fan, no big injuries that are going to keep them out in the fall, right? Right. Uh, you know, uh, second thing. I, I want to look at the quarterback competition. I want to view it with my own eyes and and see, you know, make my own determination of, of what I'm seeing. Uh, running backs, I want to see that. I want to see how the line blocks. You know, what, in past spring games, we've, we've had depleted defensive lines. Now they got some hosses that they're going to have to that they're going to have to block. So I want to see how that goes. I want to see how the linebackers and the secondary go. I, I want to check it all out. Uh, I'm going to record it here at home and go watch it. And then me, I'll watch the recording over and over and over trying to figure things out. You'll probably do the same thing. Yeah, sickos but, like uh, us, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just stayed up. But <laughs> I, I And I hate to say it, but I really want to see the, um, the, the wide receivers and, and the tight ends, of course, especially Trigg. They say he's probably going to play Saturday. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be limited, but I want to see how they, how comfortable the quarterbacks are with the receivers. You know, how how comfortable Dart is with the receivers that are not named Michael Trigg. Yeah, and and that, I'm looking for in the quarterback competition everything. I want to yeah. see Jackson Dart just be a guy, hit yeah. his checkdowns, hit the tight ends. Yep. I don't I don't care if he's 12 for 17 for 61 yards. I want to see him operate the offense like that. Luke Altmaier, I want to see the opposite. 
I want to see a little bit gunslinger. I want to see him go downfield. Yeah. If he is 10 for 21 for 171 and two interceptions and a touchdown, I don't care. I want to see him no. do it because right. it's another bullet in their gun. It's another step in their development. I think it would be a very important Exactly. Point. It's 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 growth, hmm. right? So that's what we're looking for. So they've got these they got spring practice and then they've got their time where they can hang out and look at playbooks and do all their one-on-ones and all that other stuff. And then they can come back and they can they can tweak and fine-tune, as we say in engineering. They can tweak and fine-tune both sides of the football. And uh, once again, the great thing is the way our, our, our quality of our schedule kind of ramps up. Mm-hmm. You know? So I just think it's great. I mean, we don't have Alabama the third game of the year. Hallelujah. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. You know, because in years past, even if we were good, Alabama would beat us up so bad that we wouldn't get healthy until, you know, towards the end of the season. Yeah, and right now that's setting up to be potentially the game of the year. Either, um, that it or sure Bama is. And I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. But anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Um, Monday's episode, we're going to talk about the Grove Bowl, impressions that we have from the game, everything except for the attendance. We're not going to talk about that at all because we don't care about that. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Ron Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Man, I I love it when you come on every Friday. I look forward to it every week. We're just talking ball and having a lot of fun, man. Yes, sir. Hey, have a good one, buddy. You too, and hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.